Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Hey everyone, we're debating the flat earth and we're starting right now. Welcome to Modern Day Debate. We're a neutral platform that hosts debates on science, politics, and religion. If you like reminders of our controversial debates we have coming up, hit that subscribe button. So we have Austin Winston, who's taken the affirmative, and Maine Surveyor, who's taken the dissent position. This should be a good one. Looking forward to this intriguing controversy. So our debate Bait format tonight is, is as follows, 10-minute openings, and the rest will be open discussion. So I want to get our, our participants tonight and get their streams out, what they're trying to accomplish on their channel, information about themselves. So uh, we'll go ahead and go with main surveyor. If you're there, go ahead and let the audience know what you're up to and how they can find you and et cetera. All right, I'm the main surveyor. I'm on YouTube as the main surveyor. And I got involved with this whole earth-shaped discussion when a couple of friends of mine revealed to me that they're flat earthers. And I said, oh my. And so uh, as a surveyor, I'm well equipped to measure the earth and have for the last couple of years gone out and measured the curvature of the earth several times, um, just as surveyors have for centuries. Great. Thank you for your introduction. But uh, so now, Austin, if you want to give uh, the information about your channel, what you're up to. Uh, yeah, my name's Austin Witsit. Uh, my channel's Witsit Gets It. And I've been looking into the earth for a little over four years. I'm just trying to verify the story they told us. It's easily falsifiable if you actually research it with diligence. Um, we'll get into the intricacies of the uh, um, survey in a second. But yeah, I'm just a college dropout man, which of course, Conveniently enough, that doesn't matter because it doesn't make your argument right or wrong. I call that an appeal to debt fallacy. So um, we'll leave that appeal to authority out of, out of the picture and we'll just, you know, we'll see if we can uh, objectively measure the earth to be a sphere. Great. It should be a, a good uh, discussion tonight. And so I believe that main surveyor is going to open first and he has a presentation he would like to share. So main, when you want to share that to the screen, we'll get that going. And um, okay. on your word, I'll start the timer. All right. You see my screen sharing now? Um, not yet. Hmm. I think you'll have to. You'll have to click it once he once he pushes it through. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you see that? No, I do not see anything. No boxes. Mm -hmm. Are you sure you're hitting share? Let's see. Yeah. Here. Yeah. 
says StreamYard is sharing your screen. Huh. Yeah, so it's not showing up. Maybe you could uh, exit out and retry it again. Okay. Is that working? No, hmm. there is nothing showing up for me to, to click in. So, um, are you clicking? Let's see here. I'm going to, like, if you click on the box itself on the left, you're, it says your entire screen, and you click on the box, the, sh the share should turn blue. Do you see that when you hit share? I do. So, if we try mine, do you see how that comes up? Um wonder why that's not working. It's weird. I don't see you in the uh, in the uh, StreamYard room. Oh. Oh, I see what's going on. Oh, good. Okay. Awesome. We got All it going. right. There we go. So on your word, we'll start your 10-minute opening, and uh, then we'll give it off to Witsit. Okay. I'll have to do it. Okay, so surveyors um, measure the earth. Uh, measuring uh, equipment is pretty handy. <laughs> Let's see now. Well, let's try this from the beginning again. It's not. Hold up a second. It's not advancing. Sure. All right. You see that now? Yes. Okay, let's do it. So, what is the shape of the Earth? No matter what shape the Earth is, it can be measured. And when it's measured, it's found to be spherical. And uh, this book details a history of the measurement of Earth um, from 1906, details work from several surveyors over the centuries. And here we have an actual book of measurements from 1900, measuring the American arc of the parallel. And it goes over triangulation, has triangulation measurements, spherical excess, and all of those wonderful things we expect to see. Now, when a surveyor surveys, they don't have to recreate, recreate the wheel, as it were, uh, with surveying, we build on the knowledge of those that came before us, and we do that through textbooks. And there are some foundational principles that surveyors must learn before they can go out and measure successfully. And here we have that um, vertical lines converge under our feet, that level surfaces are curved, mean sea level is curved. When we say the term mean sea level, we are invoking curvature. Uh, it's been measured by other surveyors. And we have the curvature and refraction correction. Here we have the eight inches times the miles squared formula represented in the middle of the screen here as the C equals 0.667 M squared. And uh, we do that for elevation correction. So curvature introduces elevation error. We need to fix that by getting the, by getting the curvature out of our measurement. 
Okay, this book here, this goes through and this just comes right out in the middle of the page here and says, the shape of mean sea level tends to be an oblate spheroid. This is a principle that surveyors work from. All right, and then we have this book, Surveying Measurements and Their Analysis by Buckner. This is another book in my uh, library and it very plainly says that plumb lines, they're not parallel. Um, they point towards the center of the earth and we have um, level surfaces are curved and it has the eight inches times the mile squared curvature correction formula in here. And then this land surveyor reference manual uh, says a level surface is a curved surface and it tells us that water is a pretty good example of that. And it shows down here on the left that uh, plumb lines converge at the center of the earth. That's important to know. So if we're gonna go out and we're gonna verify the information in this book, we need to understand, well, how do we know if those plumb lines are parallel or not? So how do we figure out if lines are parallel? Let's take these two dashed lines on either side of the screen. We can figure this out. We take a third line, it intersects these two dashed lines. We measure the angles on one side of that line intersecting those two dashed lines. If angles A and B add up to 180 degrees, then those two dashed lines are parallel. If A and B add up to anything besides um, 180 degrees, then they're not parallel. Pretty simple stuff. Now let's apply that to a practical field exercise. We have an Occupy station at A, we have an Occupy station at B, and we're gonna measure reciprocal zenith angles. The spherical expectation is that when we add A and B, those angles, those zenith angles will add up to more than 180 degrees, and then those plumb lines would not be parallel. We would know that. Okay, it doesn't matter if we have different elevations for points A and B, we're still gonna measure zenith angles from A to B and then from B back to A. When we add those zenith angles, we expect that on the spherical Earth, they'll add up to greater than 180 degrees. So I've gone out and I've done that myself. I picked two random points that were 1,252 feet apart. That was a random distance. I wanted it to be at least 1,000 feet. And I, went, I just kept pacing a little bit more like this looks good. And I set my two points, 402 and 404, and I measured zenith angles, A and B there, from 402 to 404, and from 404 back to 402. I added those zenith angles together and came up with 180 degrees, 18 seconds. Hey, that's more than 180 degrees. That means that those two plumb lines are not parallel. And here's my actual field notes from that exercise. Now, anything worth doing once is worth doing four more times. So I went to another location 100 miles away, and I did the same procedure, measuring reciprocal zenith angles between two points in four times over three days. And these are my field notes from the first series of measurements. And over the course of those three days and those four series of measurements, the mean divergence of the plumb lines came out to be 16.2 seconds. Interesting enough, the National Geodetic Survey predicted 15.0 seconds of divergence. So not too shabby. We had uh, standard deviation of the mean of 1.4 seconds, more or less, plus or minus. And that means that the correct answer was contained within the margin of error of my final mean. Okay, and then here's some information about those two points. And we can see we can predict the radius by latitude. Okay, well, what about the radius? Let's measure that. So when we want to know the radius, it's equal to the chord divided by twice the sine of half the angle. Now, the chord in this case is the distance between those two points at the uh, where I did the four series there. And the angle here is the divergence, the uh, overage above 180 degrees. So we had, uh, what we have, 16.2 seconds. 
And so we're gonna half that, right? And we're gonna find out what that radius is. We plug in our values that we have between those two points where the four series were, we come up with a radius of 19,478,018 feet. Well, the radius by latitude is pretty close. Hey, that's 93% correct. That's not too shabby. So we can't with a spherical object either way. Okay, and then anything worth doing five times is worth doing seven times. So I did the reciprocal zenith angles two more times at one location in a northerly southerly direction and an easterly westerly direction. And between points one and two, I had 14.9 seconds of overage. And between two and three, I had 15.1 seconds of overage. That means that plumb lines diverge in two different directions. That's very handy to know. Okay, if you wanna know more about these measurements, you can see these on my playlist called Plumb Lines. Next, I went to uh, the coast of Maine, which has some wonderful lighthouses. Here is in Casco Bay, we have in the, right in the foreground here, right in the center of the screen, Halfway Rock Lighthouse. And in the back to the left, we have Seguin Island Lighthouse. The elevation of the light of Halfway Rock is 80 feet on NAVD 88. And on Seguin Island, the elevation of the light is 184 feet NAVD 88. And my horizontal crosshair is 76.83 feet NAVD 88. Now something should tell you something's wrong here. We have both of these lighthouses, which are taller than my observation point, taller than my crosshairs, which are set to a vertical angle of zero degrees. They're both below my crosshairs, quite a bit below, in fact, at uh, this observation that I did last year. And so let's look at these side by side. So this is to scale vertically. We've put all these all these points side by side. Look at the vertical differences. Seguin Island towers over the other two points. Um, yet that is not what we saw through the scope. We saw this through the scope. We saw Seguin Island very far down, halfway down the height of Halfway Rock. And this is more fitting with what we saw when we put it in the side view. And so if we curve fit those three points at the zero elevation at each one of those points, we come up with a radius of 25 million, a little bit more than. Hey, that's not too bad. It's a little more than we would expect, but it's still spherical. And this is why I didn't show it to scale horizontally, because you just see a line. Okay, if you want to know more about that observation, you can see my playlist called Lighthouses and Curvature. Now, finally, I got together with two other surveyors, Larry Scott in Maryland and Jesse Kozlowski, who went up to a point in New York, and we measured zenith angles to the sun. And Jesse has this video on his channel, uh, this video as well on his channel. You'll want to go to Jesse Kozlowski's channel, check out this information. And uh, so there's my total station set up for solar observations. That's what the sun looks like with a solar filter. And here's what we, we did. I was up here in Maine. And then Jesse was in New York State. And there was Larry down in Maryland. And we measured zenith angles to the sun. And we came up with a radius. So the measured radius that we came up with between Maryland and New York is here. The uh, 3960.778 miles. WGS84 predicted 3963. And then over here from New York to Maine, we expected. One minute. Okay. 3964.647. And we measured 3964.272. And you know what? I'd say that's not too bad. We did pretty good. So uh, surveyors measure uh, the earth. These principles that we use every day take curvature into account. And um, that's what we do. And I yield my time.
Awesome. See about a 30 seconds or so. That's really good. Thank you for your opening, your presentation. So, Austin, when you're ready, go and I'll start the timer when you're on your first word. I think you're on mute. Yeah. yeah. Can you see my share screen? Yes. Yeah. All right, cool. So let's just go through this. Um, for one, you just heard him say himself. Oh, sorry. We can go ahead and start it. Well, I won't take 10 minutes anyway. So he's saying, oh, look, we got into 93% of the value of the radius, which is literally what he's invoking geodetic surveying to supposedly be substantiating. So you can't claim to measure the radius if you take a geoid dimension and then say, oh, look, we got kind of close to what we expect it to be, haha, <laughs> because you're supposed to be measuring it. But anyway, here's the difference, right? So plane surveying, ordinary field and topographical surveying in which the curvature of the earth is disregarded, i.e. all consistent measurements for all practical use, whether it be engineering or anything. You take a local plane that's vertical perpendicular to the horizontal plane or the earth, then you take small increments, then you compile them together. Now we can look at geodetic surveying to understand the difference. Surveying in which account is taken of and corrections made for the curvature of the surface of the earth. Very simply being that whenever they compile the plane survey data, it isn't consistent with a spherical assumption, so they must make corrections. There's numerous ways that they do this. One way is that they'll continue to make measurements from all angles around the same terrain. Another way is they'll actually um, calculate a potential flux within the plum itself based on a distance further down beneath the surface and the gravitational flux will actually cause a fluctuation which should give them a window of error they have numerous tactics and figures they factor in to then make the data work when it doesn't work because of course they're trying to measure a ball that doesn't exist so of course geodetic surveying requires a geoid model the definition of a geoid is the hypothetical shape of the earth coinciding with mean sea level and its imagined extension to under or over land areas. So it's a hypothetical model that literally has nothing to do with reality. Anyway, so typically what they will do to try to get their measurements a little bit closer to what they expect on this magic spinning cartoon ball that doesn't exist in the phys physics is they'll flatten it out and make an ellipsoid. And it's still off. And again, they have to factor in figures to try to make it more accurate with the dimensions that they have. Moving on, here are the numerous geoid models that they use, and this is a recently up-to-date list. Ironically enough, we know exactly what the Earth is, but we have to have dozens and dozens of models that are all different, trying to figure it out, and then map the terrain, and then figure it into one of the models. Here's an abstract definition of geodetic surveying. Geodetic surveying is the branch of survey which deals with areas so extensive that it's necessary to take into consideration the true shape and dimensions of the Earth. Its primary objective is not to determine the exact figure of the Earth, but to establish a very precise and rigid control for coordination of all other surveys. This point is often overlooked, and the scientific aspect, i.e. presupposing axial rotation in a radius of 3,959 miles, causing the plum to actually have a deviation from parallel. This point is often overlooked, and the scientific aspect is sometimes stressed to the detriment of the more practical side, i.e. the only way you can actually use survey data in any practical use like engineering or building. It's true that the Earth's dimensions must be known to enable the exact computations of positions. Wow. Right down here, it also tells you, actually, the position is that geodetic surveys are carried out firstly to establish rigid coordination of all surveys based on the computations on a previously known value of the Earth's dimensions. And secondly, as the survey extends or is completed, further data becomes available for a check on the figure used or, if necessary, for the calculation of another figure to fit more closely the territory being surveyed, which is what I just now discussed with you guys, that they have numerous different ways that they do that whenever the 
the data isn't correlative or correlated to what they presupposed. Now, most people maybe know this, but what you do is you establish a local plum. That's the first step of any type of surveying. And so you simply drop a plumb bob connected to a line typically made of uh, lead and it will be dropped vertical. And then that will be perpendicular to the um, upright surface of the earth or the horizontal plane. So the difference here, oh, and just to touch on this, he, he said numerous times level is curved. When we say scene level, it means curved because we measured it. They Once again, they measure flat, they, they composite the data, then they stitch it into a geoid dimensions, and then they apply the fluctuation of the plum so that they can get the arc length. But we'll cover that in a second. So clearly, objectively, level doesn't mean curved. And you guys, you should take this in. This is the type of mental gymnastics and complete nonsense that you must stake as your claim to somehow say that the Earth is a magic spinning ball in the face of actual measurements. The actual measurements show that it's flat. The actual measurements show that the water is level. But what he's saying is, well, even though for all practical use and all observer observation that we have attainable, it is level. I promise it means curved. Clearly, it doesn't. Level means at the same height. Synonyms, flat or horizontal. Moving on. Now, this is the difference. On a plumb on a flat earth, it is completely vertical, perpendicular to the horizontal plane of the surface of the earth. Of course, on a globe earth, like he said, it will be different. It will be at an angle because it will go all the way down, extending to the center of the earth. This is because down is only down relative to the center of mass, and that's a result of gravity due to axial rotation. So you must presuppose a spherical nature of the earth. You must already have a radius value down to a very particular figure so that you can get the angle of the plumb, and you must assume the causation of axial rotation and the relative nature of down being gravity, literally invoking every single detail of the model that supposedly this proves us stupid flat earthers or proves us flat earthers stupid for not believing in. You're literally reifying and begging the question and somehow this is a home run to people. It's hilarious. So what you do is you factor in the radius down to 3,959 miles. That's how you get your angle with each plumb. And then you use those angles and you map from point to point. And that's how you get what's called an arc length. So this is the arc length, right? This will be different than a line on a flat earth, of course, because a line is the shortest distance between two points. A line would go through the earth. So you have to obviously assume the difference all the way down to the race. You have to have the radius value to even invoke geodetic surveying, to even to begin to act like you're going to do anything with it. This is objective. Now, he may try to challenge it, but it doesn't matter. I'll just go to the sources that he he knows are real, geological surveys. The geoids a surface along with which the gravity potential is everywhere equal and to which the direction of gravity is always perpendicular. The later is particularly significant because optical instruments containing leveling devices are commonly used to make geodetic measurements. When properly adjusted i.e. whenever changed and assumed that the model they claim to be proving is already accurate, the vertical axis of the instrument coincides with the direction of gravity and is therefore perpendicular to the geoid, literally a reification of what you're claiming to be proving. All project development work, mapping, planning, design, right-of-way engineering, and construction for each specific department involved transportation improvement project shall be based on common horizontal and vertical datums, coordinates, and elevations. Now, what he's saying is the elevations are wrong because we know the Earth's a ball, so we're going to have to factor in elevation all the way down to the, to the middle of a ball. Once again, literally, remedial presupposition of what's in contention. You can go down here. I'll link these. It explains it very explicitly what you have to do. So here's the geodetic reference frame framework. If you just type in plane coordinate, let's see how many times that they have to reference a plane coordinate system to even begin to attempt to do geodetic surveying over and over and over. Oh, wait, and over and over and over. So very simply, they have to um, they have to establish plumb. 
um, and then assume the gravitational flux and then go down to the radius to pretend that you're invoking this to somehow prove the measurements and dimensions of the earth is so incredibly laughable. It's, it's honestly insane that this is a debate, but nevertheless, um, I know numerous surveyors myself, you must establish local plumb, assuming vertical relative to a perpendicular flat surface. Only way that the data is ever accurate. It's the only way that we can even build things. You then stitch that together, map it into a presupposed dimensions of a geoid. Most of the time you got to flatten it and make it an ellipsoid. Still doesn't work. And you take numerous measurements. Now, specifically to his introduction, he's talking about looking through numerous yards of atmosphere, taking an approximation of what he observes, trying to find the middle ground, work it into where he thinks it is. And he said, oh, we're only 1.3 degrees off. That's pretty good. Good. Oh, we're only 93% off of the presupposed radius value we had to use to even try to figure this out. Oh, that's pretty good. So he uses optics, not actual measurement. He denies the actual measurement, which the efficacy is dependent upon assuming a plane planar survey. It's the only way you can get accurate data. So it's incredibly laughable, non sequitur for all practical usability practical usability of geodetic surveying, it requires plain survey data. So if he doubles down on the optics, I've already explained, it's nothing more than an approximation. It fluctuates based on atmospheric conditions and observer height. And to pretend that somehow is a substantiation of a physical actual location is laughable. So there you go. Awesome. So you about a minute to spare. We'll add that to the super chat and the end of the stream. Um, think, so I, now we'll go into the open discussion and I will... I will break it up if there's any over-talking, ad hominems, and et cetera. Um, so go ahead, guys, and we'll try to get this done soon. Okay, Austin, if you don't mind, I'd like to address where you talked about plane surveying. Plane surveying is not flat. Plane surveying uses the 8 inches times the mile squared formula to correct their elevations due to curvature. The, the um, disclusion of curvature is where it comes into spherical excess. Plane surveyors don't take into account spherical excess because they're not surveying areas that large. But they must take the eight inches times the mile squared formula into account to correct their elevations or they will be wrong. And they do that all the time. That's why digital surveying equipment is automatically built. When you store that shot, it's corrected so that we so can make an error. That, no, we have sea level, and what you're claiming is sea level's curved. So they use sea level for elevation. You know elevation, that's altitude or distance above sea level. You're claiming that isn't what it is because sea level actually means curved. So presupposing it means nothing. For practical use, you establish a local plumb vertical to a horizontal axis or perpendicular to a horizontal plane, correct? I never say anything about a horizontal plane. Okay, whenever you establish local plumb, you drop a vertical line, and that is perpendicular to the surface of the Earth, which is a plane, right? Well, the surface of the Earth is not planar. The Earth is curved, it's as I showed you. Plane when you establish local plumb. Excuse me? Is it assumed to be a plane when you establish local plumb? No. It objectively is. So Excuse feel free me? to testify. Uh, so you just made a claim that the Earth is planar wherever you drop a plumb, Bob. Can you do you have measurements that back that up? That's not what I said. What I said is when you drop the vertical plumb, it's vertical, so it's perpendicular to what? I don't drop a plumb, Bob. We don't I know you don't because you don't do real surveying. What you do is you take the real surveying data, then you go over 12 kilometers, then you invoke geodetic surveying, stitching their data together, presupposing the geoid dimension. Did you not listen to my intro, bro? Can you show me where I said anything about 12 kilometers? Well, that's the typical measurement where geodetic surveying begins. Now, you're going to invoke something optically through 200, 300 yards and take an approximation, I would guess. But geodetic surveying is invoked over 12 kilometers. 
Do I have to I, cite it? <laughs> so I didn't say anything about 12 kilometers. I said that um, surveyors, even plane surveyors, take elevation corrections due to curvature into account. They use the eight inches times the mile squared formula. What was my rebuttal? Did you have one? You yeah, elevation that. Yeah, elevation You don't even remember my rebuttal. Well, let's go over it again. What did you say? Elevations relative to sea level. You're saying sea level's curved. So you're just begging yes, the question. Is. You're no. begging the So you dispute, you dispute the textbook that I shared that said the shape of mean sea level is an oblate spheroid. So you're appealing to a textbook presupposing that the Earth's a ball, which means that sea level would have to be curved, but sea level means level, it's horizontal. You have to assume that it's convex over an orthopographic view. So that you're appealing to a textbook, that's your response? I already showed you that I have backed that up with my own measurements um, when I showed well, you the lighthouses. Then I'd love to dismantle them. Well, I showed that already with the lighthouse observation, that it backs up the textbook. So if you have something, the measurements that you made that dispute the textbook and what I've done, I'd love you to share those now. Well, yeah, but just a second. Let's just, let's just go pit, poke all the holes in your little fake claims because, you know, falsification is independent of replacement. And I just think it's very disingenuous to claim geodetic surveying objectively measures the dimensions of the earth when it requires dimensions to work around. And everyone knows that I've read literally thousands of documents about it. So it's laughable that you'll be this disingenuous. So let's stick to your claims. Now you're claiming that you saw a lighthouse that looked a little bit low, lower than your level view, right? So what were you using at the Autolite? I was using a total station. Okay, so you're using a total station. You establish level relative to your location and your elevation. And you look over a body of water. You see a lighthouse and it looks below what the horizontal that you established was. And so that means that it must be bending over, down and away from you on a ball. Is that your claim? The only way for Seguin Island Lighthouse, the elevation of which is at 184 feet, the light, to be below the crosshairs that were at 7683 feet is for the surface between us to be curved. That's patently false. So where what happens when you go back the next day? Is that the exact same location? The next day. Yeah, or like 365 days in a row. Is it the lighthouse at the same place every day? No, refraction is an, a factor. Exactly. Why so we, what we got a right. radius measurement that was far too large. Right. So what you're doing, bro, is you're looking through atmospheric conditions over distances and you're taking the optical resultant or the perception of whatever's there through the atmosphere. And you're trying to correlate that to physical reality by approximating, assuming something physical must be. It's literally begging the question. So it'll fluctuate constantly. If I go back the next day, that lighthouse will not look the same way. Objectively, oh, did you did you did you make that observation? Did you did you make that observation? Did you go and repeat what I did? Well, you're invoking it as a positive claim. So, would you like to show? You just admitted that it changes. Mm -hmm. uh, what you just admitted it changes day to day. So, so yes, yeah, surveyors deal with refraction. Yeah. Okay, so you knew exactly what the refraction was, and you knew that you compared them day to day and saw the optical effects relative to your perception. Don't need to. Don't need to. Mm. What I need from you is I need measurements from you that dispute what I've showed you. So this took about five minutes and you're already disavowing all of your nonsensical claims that you measured the earth being a globe. So we can move on to flat earth evidence now. I, I made no, I made no nonsensical claims. Yeah, what you I did, need you from did. you is I need you to show me measurement data that competes with what I've done significantly competes. Yeah, sure. 
Well, here's what we're doing right now. We're pointing out the fraudulent nature of your claim. You're that's trying to shift your burden because you don't want to stake your claim. But that's not how this works. That's not how intellectual exchange works. You made a positive claim. I'm so stupid. I'm a flat earth. Your introduction was that flat earthers are stupid. So since we're so stupid and you proved us wrong, how about you substantiate it? How can you know the lighthouse is actually going down over a curve if it changes hour and hour and day to day due to atmospheric conditions? Well, see, here's the thing. You're saying that my claims are fraudulent, but you have not demonstrated that they are fraudulent because you haven't presented competing measurements. I'm asking you to specify your own claim prior to me rebutting it with evidence, but you're afraid to stake your claim because you know that it's completely nonsense. Because if you claim, oh, look, this is below my uh, total station horizontal. And look, at that means if it's below it, it must be below me. That means the Earth's a ball. But then if you go back the next day, it'll be a little bit higher. If you go back two days later, it'll look a little bit lower. If you go back five days later, it'll be close to your horizontal. That substantially proves that what you're observing is nothing more than a perception, an optical illusion. It fluctuates based on atmospheric conditions objectively. What you're doing is claiming, well, uh, we're going to take some approximation because it fluctuates, and then we're going to tell you which one we think is closest to what we think it should be. That's literally what you're doing. So you're saying that surveyors can't use optical equipment to make measurements. They do use optical equipment, but they do it in very small increments, very controlled, and they establish a plane um, or a vertical horizontal or perpendicular to a plane, and they do it in small increments. Now, if you're going to look out over vast distances, over atmospheric conditions, and then take a median and claim to know that you know the actual convexity of the terra firma, that is lunacy. Ah, so what you're also missing is that the lighthouse observation agrees with the plumb lines divergence observation measurement okay because they so both show the, the earth curves let's move to your other claims then okay so you you can't answer my my refutation of that claim so you, did, you didn't refute it you had nonsense that you came out if with. it constantly fluctuates how are you staking a definitive measurement of actual location i'm showing that it is below the crosshairs if it constantly fluctuates, how can you use that to definitively claim an actual location? Well, what you need to do is you need to go to that location and see if you can get Seguin Island light above the horizontal crosshairs. Hey, man, if it constantly fluctuates, how can you claim that to be a definitive measurement of the actual location? Because it's not. It's objectively not. the. It's the apparent location, right? But the result is still spherical, and that's what we're here to talk about. Oh, that's the best you got? Because well, the result, you haven't presented any measurements that that rebut anything I've said, so it's I really will. interesting. I but, will actually, yeah. Oh, but we're gonna okay. we're gonna just point out that you are just making shit up. So, no, we'll no. move on now. Okay, are you going to respond to my rebuttal then? You didn't rebut anything. Yes, I did. I just said, how can you claim? Because what you're claiming is to know that the reason that the lighthouse is lower is because the Earth's a magic spinning cartoon ball brought to us by Jesuit priests with a certain rate of convexity dictated by the radius claim. That's what you're claiming, bro. So that means that lighthouse is being obstructed by physical Earth curvature and it's bending down and away from us. That's your claim. Well, if you're going to make a definitive claim about an actual location of convexity, you're going to have to support that with something other than an approximation within a fluctuation of apparent locations. It's dumb. I see. Well, what you're missing is that that observation agrees with the plumb lines. So I still have a spherical object. So we're just talking, is your spherical or is it flat? So 
we have a spherical object. And so an object that is taller than my location, more than twice my height, will always be more than twice my height, unless you think that parallel lines actually converge. Oh my goodness, man. Are you just gonna straw man me? So I explained in my intro, the difference in flat earth and globe earth is on flat earth, we go establish a local plumb. And for all practical use, we assume the earth to be flat. But with the globe earth, you take our local plumb data, then you bend it and you say, well, actually it's going down to the middle of a magic cartoon ball with a core that's somehow magnetic, even though that defies physics. And then we get the angle, then you get the arc length from point to point. You must assume the radius value to even know what the difference is. Now you're claiming you're looking through the atmosphere at the plums you establish locally vertically relative to a horizontal axis and then you're trying to measure the differentiation and approximation through the atmosphere again then reverse engineer it and the best you could do muddying the waters by messing with your figures like that was get within 1.4 degrees because i paid attention in your no nope, i said 1.4 seconds arc seconds not okay so, much so, tighter than you realize okay fair enough okay so is it exactly what it's supposed to be it's the the answer predicted by the National Geodetic Survey was within 1.2 seconds of uh, my final mean that I had, oh. and my margin of error was 1.4 seconds. So the correct answer was within my margin of error. So I mean, okay. I got what the was right the answer. highest? What was the highest you got? What was the highest I got? Well, let me go look at that. Because you need to know the highest and the lowest. Now you're taking the middle mean, um, which we know uh, you didn't. Means, means not the middle. Mean, means not the middle. Means not the mean, middle. Means you got to get average. your mathematical terms right. Median yeah. the middle means the average. So now that you're it's getting not the middle though, because you're imploding, how about you try and argue what the point is? Let's see. Okay, so anyway, you're taking an approximation of an apparent location. You're trying to tell me via reverse engineering based on parameters that you're assuming that you know it's accurate. I didn't that assume is, anything. I just measured the zenith angle between those two points back and forth. I didn't so have to assume sun, anything. You just right, measured. So right, you use the sun and the apparent location, right? And you and your apparent me. location of the bottom, right? When I just when I uh, when I measure reciprocal zenith angles has nothing to do with the sun. Okay. And so did you measure the apparent location of the plums? I don't need plumb blobs to measure reciprocal zenith angles. So you don't need to establish plumb anywhere in this situation. See, the total station and the target are both plumbed up. Right. On the tripods. Thank you. I know. So you do have to establish plumb then. Right, but not with a plumb bob. It doesn't matter. Right. I just want to make sure that you understand how surveying works in the modern era. I think it's weird that you don't. <laughs> that's your claim. Well, I think you so, do, but I think you're being disingenuous a little bit. So whatever. That's that's what you think. But you still okay, have to measurements with my measurements. Specificity, then, bro. Excuse me. Stop dragging me through the mud. Did you look at the? You looked at the plums, or you you determined the relative nature of the plums, right? Because that's what you just said. You just said this. This literally agrees with me looking at the plums and finding out that they're not parallel. That's what you said. So how did you do that? Cut to the chase. How did you know the plums weren't parallel specifically? Don't just say spherical excess like you're teaching the room. We all know spherical excess is you take a point, you triangulate it, and if it exceeds 180 degrees, that's spherical excess. We know what the principle is that requires the presupposition of the actual plums being relative to center of mass. I'm asking you, how did you definitively dis demonstrate that without presupposing it? So you missed my opening presentation, obviously. No, so if 
if two lines are parallel, to figure out if two lines are parallel, we must connect them with another third line that intersects both of them. And we measure the angles on one side of that intersecting line. How do you do that? Well, you set up your total station at one point, plumb mm -hmm. it up, and then you set up a target at another other point, plumb that up. Mm -hmm. You point the total station at the target and read the zenith angle that's on the screen. What you, do that in, you do that in both phases, phase one, phase two, direct and reverse measurements, and you what do multiples. Okay, sorry to interrupt you. Now. Excuse me? What Excuse distance me? was this done at? Well, I've done, I've done this with various different distances, but the well, one where I did it four, four, excuse me, I did it four, where I did it four times in one place, it was over 1,500 feet between okay, the two so points. You look through 1,500 feet of the atmosphere whenever it's known all across the board, I've talked to dozens of surveyors, that you really you're messing with getting accurate results, extending over like 200 yards. You're really, you're really not going to get a very – you went 1,500 – did you say feet? 1,500 feet? Yes. Yeah. 1,500 feet. So you go 1,500 feet out, and you look through the atmosphere. Then you get an approximation of the apparent location, and then you get an average, and then you figure out what you think off from parallel it is, correct? No, it's not what I think is off of parallel. It's what the measurements show. We the measurements through the, the atmospheric show. conditions that are constantly fluctuating, right? If you want to keep making the argument that surveyors can't measure through the atmosphere, go ahead and keep doing that because you're going to land man. yourself in a really ridiculous place. Straw man fallacy. Cool. Good job, bro. Beat that straw man up. Do you, actually <laughs> know what I said? Do you even know what I said? Yeah, you're saying that I can't measure through the atmosphere. Okay, once again, a straw man. So you have to measure through the atmosphere. It's the only way survey data is compiled. But I said you have to do it within short increments, like maximum 200 yards or so. You just said 1,500 feet, and you admitted that what you do is you look through that 1,500 feet of atmosphere, and then you take the mean of the apparent location, reverse engineering what you think nope. it is. That's you got, what it, you got it all wrong. You got it all wrong. So I point... I point the crosshairs at the center of that target, right? Mm -hmm. And then I look down at the screen and it tells me what the zenith angle is. I write the zenith angle down in my field book because I don't want to collect any of this data in a data collector and have it apply curvature corrections after the fact. I need to know what's happening before it does any kind of curvature correction. So that's how this observation works in all the times that I've done it. I got so, a question. Go uh, excuse me. Let me, let me, no, no, hold on. Just I'm not guessing where the center of that target is. I'm pointing my crosshairs right at the center, right? And then I flip the scope, turn it around, shoot it in reverse. And then I do it four more times. So this is already put through so much rigorous measurement that I'm very certain of where this ends up. That's why the standard deviation of the mean at the end is plus or minus 1.4 seconds, not yeah, degrees. It's only seconds. 1,500 feet away. So it wouldn't be oh, much. Only 1,500 feet away? Oh, okay. So you agree that it's not a very long distance. Oh, uh, yeah. Keep interrupting me, bro, after I let you monologue bullshit. 
So it wouldn't be much off if the earth was a sphere, if you're only 1,500 feet away, because the radius is 39.59, your angle would barely be off. So what you just admitted, and you don't seem to admit, is that you're measuring such a minute fluctuation through the atmosphere of an apparent location by sitting sitting the center of what you appear to see. You're also admitting to get a mean, it isn't always the same center. You go the next time, you got to move the center down a little bit. Then you're taking the average, and of course it isn't a big fluctuation because you're only 1,500 feet away. If the earth was a sphere, it wouldn't be big. So you're just giving us this little bit bitty minute comparison on a standard of comparison. So to know how accurate something is, you have to have a standard to compare it to. And the standard you're comparing it to is the very thing you're claiming to prove, which is the dimensions of the geoid model. And I said this in my opening. And I didn't actually say anything about the geoid model comparing it to that. So geoids for elevations. Anyway, so what I'm doing is, is I'm measuring over and over and over. Repeatability is a foundation of good surveying. You seem to be saying, now correct me if I'm wrong, you seem to be saying that doing the same measurement over and over is actually adding error. Is that what you're saying? Sorry, say again. So I'm saying that repeatability is the foundation of good surveying. So by measuring this over and over and over and over, I'm saying that's going to get us a better result. You seem to be saying that repeating the measurement over and over is introducing error rather than reducing it. No, that's your, wow, that was such so. I just want to make sure, is that what you're saying? Because I want you to clarify. You're so desperate, man. You're so desperate right now. You're strawmanning me. It's intentionally deceptive. It's very no, 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 no. I'm no, going to actually clarify now, position. man, because you strawman me. So you establish the local plumb. You drop that vertical, whether you're using a toll station or not, the principle's the same even though you want to divert that too. You draw a vertical, that's perpendicular to the surface of the earth, assumed to be a plane. You assume your critical starting points or your control points being a plane coordinate system. And then you're going to compile the data under small increments. You're going to repeat it even under small increments. So even at 200 yards, you're going to repeat it more than once to try to make sure you get as accurate as you can. But you, your plum is not what you're looking. You established plum at the beginning. What you're doing is looking at 1,500 feet of atmosphere and trying to tell me by centering it on what is looked at, what you perceive through the atmosphere, which means it's inherently being refracted. You're looking at it, putting a little line on the center of it, moving it up and down as it changes, and then averaging out the zenith angles, and then telling me, oh, it isn't parallel, bro. What are you talking? You never see the actual plum. You see the apparent location. How would you know it wasn't parallel? It was assumed to be parallel to even be established locally. So the answer is in the error analysis, right? So plus or minus 1.4 seconds over four, ser four series, three days, five sets of measurements each time direct and reverse. That's actually 10 sets of measurements, really, if you think about it, each time through the series from each point. So 20 measurements each time through the series. So what I'm hearing is you saying is, nah. -uh. So what I need from you is I need to see measurements that you've repeat done this and that you have shown that plumb lines are parallel because you seem to think that they are. Hey, did you ever, was there ever one of the times that you saw that it did appear to be parallel? Never once right now do you know what now let's say this let's see how honest you are for the whole audience okay so if it was perfectly parallel and you backed up way through the atmosphere would you ever perceive it to be perfectly parallel hmm that's a good question we'll have to look at the margin of error of your equipment right so if, if you came up with if you came up with 180 degrees and one second 
and your margin of error was plus or minus 1.5 seconds, then they're probably parallel. Okay, so let's see if you can answer the question, man. So if it was it actually parallel and I looked through the atmosphere, would it ever appear to be perfectly parallel even though we knew objectively it was? Would it ever actually appear that way through the atmosphere? I can't say because I have never encountered that. Well, a refraction's inevitable, right? Because there's no way to remove the atmosphere, which is a contradicting contradiction in terms. Because well, there is no sphere, and gas has no inherent shape. But whatever. So you oh, can't. Oh, claim. You can't. Yeah, <laughs> gas doesn't have an inherent shape. Are you challenging that claim? No, you said. Yeah, about I wouldn't challenge it either, bro. So stop trying to divert. You said something friend. about a sphere, so I just found it amusing. Yeah, you're spiraling, bro. So. Anyway, you're looking at the plumb through the atmosphere. All you're getting is the apparent location because of atmospheric conditions are going to refract the image. This is objective, not debatable. You can say you don't know. doesn't matter. So you want to move on to where we measured the Earth to be flat? You got measurements for me? Well, yeah. It's very simple measurements. Do you know what the geometric horizon is? I've heard of it. Okay, so the if the Earth is a radius of has a radius of three thousand nine hundred fifty nine miles, it's a ball that's bending all around us, right? Because it's a ball. So we know the rate of convexity based on the radius value. Okay, that's where you get your geometric horizon. It's one point two two five times the square root of the observer's height in feet. That's where the geometric horizon should be. It can be closer than that, but it cannot extend further than that because the geometry necessitates that the rate rate of convexity be below that marker, right? You're following me. So that means that one foot, the square root of one, of course, being one, if we made an observation at one foot, we should be able to see the geometric horizon or earth curve no further than 1.2 miles away. We have an observation from one foot where we see the horizon beyond 10 miles. That would make the radius of the earth need to be 260,000 miles. That falsifies the claim that it's a physical location like you're trying to claim with your freaking lighthouses through the atmosphere. So we have consist, the only way that survey data is valuable for practical use is assuming plane. And then we have observations that would require the radius value be 260,000. Now, would you just, just see if you're honest, would your geodetic surveying computations be accurate if your radius value assumption was wrong? Don't have a radius value assumption. So how do you know what the angle of plumb is then relative to center of mass? Don't need to know what the radius is to measure the versions of plumb lines. Okay, so you just said that you got within a certain amount of a standard of comparison. What's your standard of comparison if you don't know the radius value? The National Geodetic Survey. I don't have they to have the radius, the radius in my head. Value. They use the I, don't I don't have to have the radius in my head to make a measurement. I, well, good thing I didn't say that, did I? Well, I'm just letting you know. Well, I don't. I, I think everyone knows that you probably don't even know the actual size of the Earth. So, but you, you, you measured it though. So, oh, anyway, so you can straw man me and all okay, that stuff. Okay, what's the circumference of the Earth? It's not really important, is it? <laughs> I thought you said that I was strawmanning you. But you don't know the size of the Earth. It's all good. So it's twenty-four thousand one hundred and one miles at the circumference. Twenty-one thousand. 160 nautical miles, 3,959 miles of radius, whatever, it doesn't matter. So whenever you get that radius value, that's how you get what the angle should be relative to center of mass. You, of course, can't get your angle to center of mass without knowing where the center of mass is. So the very survey Don't have that to you know that. Don't have to know that. Okay, so how do you get your angle to center of mass if you don't know where the center is? The divergence of plumb lines. And then you compare that to what? 
I don't have to compare it to anything. Well, that was your whole postulation was we got within this amount of the standard of comparison. Right. I, That's what you I thought that you'd find that interesting, that no. independent, an independent check of the divergence of the plumb lines at a particular location was within the margin of error for the your predicted model you're supposedly proving. It was within a very tight margin of error of the predicted divergence of those plumb lines. Based on the model, based, right? Based on the WGS84 ellipsoid. Model. Yeah, ellipsoid, which is a flattened geoid because the geoid doesn't even work that good. Geoid is used for elevation where we say water goes through the through the land and all this crazy nonsense. Bends convexly because level's curved because I'm smart and I read out a textbook and I don't quickly assess things. And then you're saying – that 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 makes sense sea levels curved and that we can just go from there and if you don't believe me because i presuppose the ball earth with the radius dimensions of the goa model flattened to an ellipsoid but it still has the same radius value whenever you calculate plumb then that somehow means that your reification and begging the question is accurate you're getting on here debating a flat earth or calling him stupid in your opener which is why i might be a little never bit called you stupid well never it, called was, you stupid. it was implicit in your wording and so whenever you come with that arrogance I, I mean, dude, it's kind of ridiculous. You're basically coming implicit under the guise that this is measuring the dimensions of the earth, but it's not. I just now read on the Geological Survey's website, it requires those dimensions to even do it. So would you be honest and concede, we cannot definitively measure the radius of the earth using geodetic surveying? No, geodetic surveying can measure the radius of the earth definitively. How so? It has. It already has. I just explained that it can't. It has to have the dimensions prior to the measurements. Great. Give me the evidence where that you okay, collected I, that shows that it can't be measured. No, no, no. Stop trying to stop trying to divert. Geological Survey's main website says you can't do geodetic surveying without the dimensions already being accessible. Do you agree or disagree? I disagree. So you disagree with the Geological Survey's website? I disagree with your characterization of what you think the geological survey says. So do I need to pick it? Give me a screen share again then. I want you to listen to me very carefully while you're looking for that. I don't need to know the radius of the earth before measuring it. Uh, That's well, it seems like you're silly. Lost. All right, well, I'm just going to read it again then. This is ridiculous. Okay, so... It says right here, actually, the position is that geodetic surveys are carried out firstly to establish rigid coordination of all surveys, basing the computations on a previously known value of the Earth's dimensions. Is the radius value the Earth's dimensions, yes or no? It's part of it. Okay, so would you need to know the radius value if you need to know the Earth's dimensions? So the surveyors that did the work originally figure out what those dimensions are didn't know what the dimensions were before they measured it they're glad you brought that up that's actually so where did what? the radius value first come from do you know first came from well some yeah. people attribute it to eratosthenes uh no. but there's many there's many different measurements our equipment gets better and better through time thousands okay. of people okay. have measured the radius of the earth sure, fair enough technology gets better over time i get it i have an iphone but Al Biruni is the one that's attributed to establishing the radius. And what he did was he measured angle dips in the horizon. 
But we know the horizon just an apparent location because it constantly fluctuates. If I go back tomorrow, it's going to be much closer. I go back the next day, it's much further away. It isn't an actual location. Horizon is defined as where the sky appears to meet the ground. It's nothing more than optical illusion. You can replicate this over a flat surface a quadrillion times, a quadrillion ways. Just look at railroads. It's very simple. So we know the horizon is not an actual location. So if you're trying to prove a definitive, physical, actual claim of a radius value, you couldn't reverse engineer it based on an apparent location for one that requires you just assuming there is a physical convexity there and secondly you would never know that you're actually getting the right figure but then they got 39.59 he got within a small percentage very small percentage of 39.59 like a thousand or more years ago and that was ran with forever and now you fast forward to now and people say well we measured it but they don't know that's patently false they use the radius value attributed to al Biruni to create the geoid dimensions flatten it to an ellipsoid and then figure out what your angle should be you have to have the r value for geodetic surveying it didn't measure the r value so this brings us full question. If we never see the geometric horizon or earth curve, how do we know it's there? Oh, we measured it. Well, how do we measure it? By looking at the apparent horizon. That doesn't work. So how do we know what the R value is? And by the way, guys, it isn't as simple as it might be wrong. That means the whole model's wrong. Everything about the model's wrong. So very interesting. I didn't invoke the horizon to measure Earth's radius in my presentation. You know. But I didn't. Uh, Not in this presentation. Did you understand the context? <laughs> I heard that you're attributing. I hate to, to interrupt, guys, but we're going to try to wrap this up in the next five to ten minutes because I know Maine has to get out of here, eleven Eastern, and we got a bunch of super chats. And um, yeah, so we got to conclude this in a few minutes. Thank you. Okay. So before we get too far away from this. You said something about seeing the horizon 10 miles away from one foot above. What equipment did you use to establish that distance? Uh, the oil, there are oil rigs in the water with known distances, and they're used as a frame of reference of distance, verifiable. Who, distance. who told you where those oil rigs are located? Who told us? Well, it's on any type of mapping you want to use. Oh, did you verify that independently, that distance? Did you measure it yourself? Are you challenging the distance to the oil rigs from the shore that's on like every map in the world? No, I'm asking you. Did you independently check that distance yourself? No, I trusted that every map in the world knew how far off the shore the oil rigs were that they built. Hmm. What was the coordinate used for the coordinate system used for the location of those oil rigs was the latitude system? was a latitude and longitude why do we need a coordinate system oh you mean a cartesian coordinate system no i'm asking you did you have a latitude and longitude to determine the distance between you and those oil rigs did you just say longitude and latitude aren't cartesian coordinate systems they're not cartesian coordinate systems they're spherical oh, what's coordinates. The cartesian coordinate system then that's a rectangular coordinate system it's not spherical okay the Cartesian coordinates and longitude are spherical so what you're saying is you don't you no, don't know not. what the distance is to those no, you, you don't no understand idea what the distance anything. is to those you're freaking out cartesian coordinates have an x and y axis they extend from the central point they're disproportionate um relative to the uh distance outside of the central point because of course two lines are going to verge away from each other nevertheless so that's I hear you is i hear Whoa. you saying you don't know what the distance is no i we do know what the distance is it's like 9.4 miles so anyway, um, you didn't establish it yourself. You're you relying on the work of surveyors. You're relying on the work of surveyors to tell you that distance. 
bro, you don't even know what longitude and latitude are, and you just invoked it like you were going to school us on it. It's Cartesian coordinates. You have to impose a z-axis, presupposing sphericity to do anything outside of that. Cartesian coordinates have x and y central from the central point objectively. So we can move well, on. Everyone, you just heard the most blatant nonsense you've ever heard in your life. So you don't know what the distance is. You relied on the work of surveyors to establish where those... Plane surveyors. Yeah. <laughs> taking curvature into account. Plane surveying isn't flat. So you relied on the work of surveyors to know where those oil rigs are. And yet you're saying the surveyors, you don't believe that they can measure the radius of the earth. Well, you have a problem. How do you know where on earth that you are? How do you know how to navigate from one place to the other? If it weren't for the work of surveyors, these surveyors that you're saying can't measure the radius of the earth. And yet I show you the process in which we do measure the radius of the earth. And you say, no, I don't believe that. But don't provide no, actually, I any competing measurements people. to provide. I started the subject matter expert, statement. bud. I didn't say no. I didn't say no. I subject, the subject matter Experts, you're doubling down on the face of the people up above your position right now. It's laughable and translucent. Oh, so you weren't going to do those uh, appeal to authorities, but now you are doing it when it's no, I'm saying, are argument. you? No, I'm asking you, are you disagreeing with the people with the geological survey's main website? I'm disagreeing with your characterization of it. There's but I read it for the whole audience last time you said that. Yeah, well, your yeah. characterization is a mischaracterization. Okay, so you're basically saying that even though we assume everything to be level, we just know it's curved because we know there is a ball. So although it appears to be level and we use it practically as if it is literally level, we know that really level is curved. Level's curved. Horizontal horizon doesn't come from horizontal. Um, all this nonsense. So there you go, folks. That's your decision. Either level curved or it's just what we practically use it to be. And that's what the efficacy is dependent upon. Well, let the record show that I presented measurements that support my conclusions, and Austin showed nothing. He talked about some oil rigs that he doesn't know how on earth they are where they are. That's All right, guys. Appreciate the discussion, and so we got to get to the super chats now, and I know Maine has a limited amount of time here, so we're just going to get right to it. So Stephen Steen for $2. Thank you, Stephen. Unfair to have two flurfers with praise in Witsit versus Maine. <laughs> Looks like Steven's trolling. So we got Kango for $5. Thank you for your super chat. He says the debate between a professional person who knows how to measure stuff and an arrogant, ignorant clown who knows nothing. <laughs> so That's I think that. Cool yeah. So that was directed at you, but we can just go to the next one. Jordan Smith for $5. I see why Thompson keeps his lapdog around. What's it? Presuppose he's actually intelligent, could debate. Austin, stop deflecting. You're an idiot. If you want to he's, respond I just want to point out, uh, I actually read that Super Chat live. He sent it before the debate started, so he knew I was okay. deflecting. Now he's omnipotent. <laughs> We'll get to Sleepy Dan for two dollars. Thank you for your super chat. All that debate and no measurements from Austin. Oh, yeah, I, mean, you. I can offer the measurements everyone's seen. It's the black swan, it's easily, easily replicated. I don't know how he hasn't seen it. I thought he was actually honest in looking at it, but simply we took a still shot from a video one foot off the ground. We saw the horizon extended beyond the furthest oil rig at 9.4 miles. So if the horizon is close to 10 miles and it can be no further than 1.2 miles, that would require the radius to be 264,000 miles. If that was the case, gravity wouldn't work. Day and night cycle wouldn't work. You could have never gone to space. You could have never obtained gravitational orbit. Orbit around the sun doesn't work. The whole model implodes. We falsified the radius to 2020 way 
wake up, they lied about the earth. So oh. it's completely, Black Swan is completely unsurprising. You're doing it where the refraction is the most extreme. That's not true. So okay. <laughs> you can see further when it's clearer. And he's saying that when you see further, it's not clearer. And that's when there's more refraction. Now there's still refraction because you're increasing distance and refraction is proportionate to distance because you're increasing the atmosphere between you and the place you're seeing. But you can see further when it's clearer. He's claiming the opposite, just like he claims level means curved. So Austin poo-poos when I look 1,500 feet, but he's allowed to look 10 miles and say definitively that it supports his position. No, no because I don't have to, I'm not making a physical claim about the horizon. Yeah, I know you did. You, did. you absolutely did. You said it was 10 it miles away. your physical claim of 1.2 miles away. All right. So this is from Spartan Theology for $1.99. For, it's a question for Flurfer. How do you explain the LIDAR data, L-I-D-A-R? The, the LIDAR data, you mean when we presuppose causation of gravitation um, that is literally in no way detectable? That's a that's how do I explain it? You don't substantiate in any way causation. You just presuppose it. It's undetectable. You're taking a phenomena typically using lights and then you're telling me how you think light works and you're telling me the differential based on a presupposed cause that is literally not detectable or proven. So it's, it's pseudoscience. So you're saying a point cloud isn't useful in surveying from a LIDAR mounted, a drone mounted LIDAR unit? So wait, am I saying it's not useful? <laughs> that seems to be what you're saying. He, he, he's, ex he's saying explain it as if it's impossible on a flat earth. Are you not keeping up? Going to, all right, next. Going next to question. Yeah, so <laughs> that this was is from Lale is here for $10. The coordinates of the lighthouse will not change coordinates <laughs> over 10 years. However, the refraction of each of those days will change the apparent position of the lighthouse. You both can respond to that. That's what I said, so let him take it away and obfuscate. Sure, the lighthouse might look a little higher, might look a little lower than we saw in that photograph, but it doesn't stop that there's curve between um, those points. Curve, you know, refraction is what it is, but uh, there's still curvature there. Just because we just know that. Yeah, so we got to get we got to make these quick and pithy. So this is a, uh, a super chat from Andrew Hanselman for five dollars. Austin, I saw you leave the dollar store with the NASA shirt. What's up with that? That's not true. I've never owned a NASA shirt. I'm not big into like uh, praising little Nazi worshiping weirdos that give us cartoons for sixty mil a day. Uh, all right. <laughs> so this is from Kango24 for $5. Thank you for your super chat. What's it? A sextant presupposes a globe to work. Sextants work. It presupposes a globe to work. Just imagine not understanding how you just refuted yourself. So next. So this is from Alex Sign for $1.99. Thank you for Super Chat. Main Surveyor is a plum head. Am I wrong? <laughs> They're coming at you, Main. No, well, it is what it is, I guess. They're going to say what they're going to say and think what they're going to think. Doesn't change the measurements that I've made. So this is from Virilian for $5. When did Fred Durst's brother finish elementary school? Oh, they're coming at you. What's it? <laughs> so this is from Flat Earth and I for five dollars. Thank you for your super chat. Measurement and math confuse flat earthers, but straw manning and lying about what surveyors actually do supports their narrative. So Whitless is right. 
That's crazy because I know someone with literally a mechanically engineering degree that like builds uh, highways and he talks to me about surveying all the time for all practical use, you assume plane surveying. So uh, basically what you're doing is you're so blinded by the normalization of appealing to credentials and pieces of paper that cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. You don't think you can think for yourself, but hey, for the audience all at home, you can think for yourself. You don't need to rely on someone else with a piece of paper. Just think for yourself. Yep, just look at the measurements that I had and look at whatever it is Austin thinks he had. Great, thank you for your responses. This is Kango, 24 for $10. Witsit, reflect, reflection, reflections are completely understood. You do know there are image reconstruction algorithms that can reconstruct hidden objects just from their ref reflected light on other surfaces. Refraction is not entirely understood by any stretch of the imagination. Anyone saying otherwise is literally speaking from a place of ignorance. Thank you. Thank you for your response. This is from Convict Games for $5. Thank you for your super chat. When do we get to see Witsit's data and measurements? Yeah. Who I knows? Just, yeah. Well, every time I was going to get the black swan, like you started saying nonsense. But the point is falsification is independent of replacement. If you all really want the black swan, go check out Quantum Eraser on YouTube. He breaks it down for you. So this is geometry. It's your model we're testing Falsification is independent of replacement. Next. Your understanding of of you don't get to respond model. every time, man. They're super chatting me. We're just going to move on. I don't want to debate you anymore. All right. So this is from Sleepy Dan for five dollars. Does the flat Earth have any carpent carpenters or architects? I'd love to see their work since they don't take measurements. Yeah, well, I used to do carpentry, and anytime that you ever have to build anything in the real world that can practically be used, you assume a plane, you establish plumb perpendicular to a horizontal plane, i.e. the surface of the earth, and then you level, you trust your levels level for your foundation, you do not say that the level is actually curved or any of that other nonsense. I used to do that. But you didn't go far enough for the level to curve where you can Oh, that's it. a cool fairy tale. But you don't, you don't have any measurements to dispute what I've done. I've already explained all the flaws and what you've done. So if you're yet to grasp it, I'll leave it up to the audience. Okay, so this is from Mike Billers for five dollars. Thank you for your super chat. Jesus Witsit doesn't understand was independent verification means. The independent verification or empirical means. That's actually what my entire stance is. I cannot just accept things on their faith, presupposing the validity of your little model. You were fairy to or your fairy tale you were force fed because you you don't know how to think for yourself. I actually go look into it for myself. And I'm not trying to sound arrogant or whatever, but this dude just thinks he's so cute laughing over here. But he got dismantled. So look into it without bias. Be honest, and you will see, obviously, what the truth is. So actually, that's my position. Empirical means only. So this is from Siji Fredo Sarabia for $5 at Maine. Though the numbers will not be accurate, can one conduct a survey in a football field or salt flats or Bolivia to show at least some deviation? Deviation yeah. in what? Plumb lines? Yeah, he didn't really convey that. Yeah, depends on the accuracy of your equipment, but you can demonstrate plumb lines over short distances, you know, a couple of hundred feet, or you can go farther and do it that way. Well, and plumb lines that are locally established perpendicular to a horizontal plane or the surface? Align to the direction of up and down. 
Right. Like, who cares about a horizontal plane? Yeah. Okay. Great. So we got from Lail is here for $5 main surveyor. The point I was making is that the latitude and longitude of the lighthouse will not change in 4,000 days. You make those observation. Yeah. If you don't understand that longitude and latitude is derivative of a Cartesian coordinate system with the X and Z axis, X and Y axis, you have to add and pose a Z and then change what it is with the longitude and latitude till Cartesian coordinates derivative from the original point, the origin, which is the central point. That's just objective. Yeah, but the existence of uh, spherical coordinates came before uh, the use of Cartesian coordinates in surveying. No, they no, no, dude. You do realize we navigated using the stars for a long time. Like Cartesian coordinates have nothing to do with the sphere until you put the z-axis in there. I don't think you know what you're talking about. Okay, well I'll let the audience decide. So that looks like it concludes right now. We make sure that if I didn't leave any lingering super chats, I think there might be one or two out there. Um, so this is from Love Wisdom. Let me get, make sure you got that. Uh, Whitsit wrecked that debate. Surver surveyor, if you want to get all the data which was presented, go to a 24-7 Flat Earth Discord. I don't use yep. Discord, but thanks. We got one from Brandon Toy for five dollars. Thank you for your super chat. My heart goes out to Globers who have to pretend that was a victory and not complete embarrassment for the globe. Bless your hearts. So they're coming at you there. Yeah, well, I had measurements, but uh, Austin had words, I guess. Just keep saying that, man. This is for five dollars from Convict Games. I need another super chat from him. Thank you. This is like a Walmart employee trying to tell a cardiac surgeon how to perform a heart transplant. Trolling. Yeah, too bad that I just used the, the geological survey's official documents. So the subject matter experts. So cool story, bro. Yeah. Where did those dimensions come from that you want them to refer to? They have I'm to have the radius value, and they got it from Al Biruni. You need to learn your own religion nope. before you come online debating it. Uh, this isn't my religion, pal. Well, it's a belief system void of empirical evidence built upon the doctrine of men, and the original ontological premise posed by the Greeks was Platonism, the idea of the perfect shape being a sphere, evolved into Neoplatonism, which then evolved into Aristotle postulating a privation, all an ontological premise, thus a metaphysical motivation. So literally by definition, it is a religion. It's like you didn't understand anything I said at all. Okay, next. So this is from Convict Games from Baller for Life. How do we get to see Witz's stated measurement? So they keep on trying to get at you with Go that. Go to 24-7 Flat Earth Discord. So this is from Elijah for $5. The oil rig coordinates can be seen on Google Maps with the horizon 10 times further than 1.2 meters or miles, I guess. So I guess we'll just uh, you guys That's want to respond. You That's for you, yeah, bro. But it's not independently verified by you guys, so I. Oh wow! <laughs> bad outing, my friend. Your your me. your black swan is completely unsurprising. I, Have you ever seen it? I've seen the photograph. Yes. Oh, so why'd you play ignorant? That just shows dishonesty. So thanks for exposing I, yourself. I didn't. You just like to talk too much. Yeah. Okay, okay, so we got we can get going here. So we got Mike Mike Billers for five dollars. Thank you, Super Chad. Jesus. Okay, we just went through that one. Um, 
Flat Earth Denier for five dollars. Thank you for your super chat. Measurement and math confuse flat earthers, but straw manning and lying about the what surveyors actually do supports their narrative. So Whitless is right. Ooh, wow. Ma math describes things, science explains things. Math is nothing more than a description. Measurement is a description, of course, but it can falsify certain shape geometric claims, geometric shape claims. And of course, whenever you claim a sphere, it's encompassed in scientific claims. But measurement is just math, which is just a description. So that is obviously relative to the interpretation of the data. Right. And the data that we saw tonight shows curvature. Uh, based on you presupposing axial rotation, gravitation of mass particles, fluctuation and plumb, your angles to impose your arc, length of geoid dimensions, the R value itself. I didn't say anything about rotation or those other things. No one cares what you said. Maybe you don't understand it. You admitted you didn't even understand it. You just used the NDSA or whatever. So I'm telling you what it says on there. They have to know axial rotation to determine what the relative nature of center of mass is. Object Do you go on like this to keep it from people from seeing that you don't know what you're talking about? I don't know. Anyone that listens to what I said, they know what I'm talking about, or they can go research it. So stop yeah, with like the action. Just, just like move I on. We get it. You're so a secret I, I, team. We get it. We I had measurements, but you didn't no have one, measurements. No one cares. Well, All right, guys. I think that concludes it. I think uh, – make sure we have we – have, oh, never mind. We have one more from Sheeples Phoenix for $10. Sunrise is sunset. You know what I bet denial of facts, any model, question mark. No, not yet. Yes, it works on the plane, but I can't explain and turn – from a minion to a parrot just to have to train it. So I'm not sure what he's trying to say there. If you want to respond to that, go ahead. No, he's talking to him. He's basically saying like, oh, even though it's only plane survey data for all practical use and you have to use our plane survey data to do anything, oh, I promise if I, pro I, promise if I claim it changes into something else magically that makes it true if I say it enough times. And I think there's one that they're going to keep sending them. Yeah, so we're going to have to probably shut this down here in a second. So people, please do not send in some more super chats. We thank you, though. Uh, it's just we have, to, we have to turn her off here and shut her down. So Kango for $10. What's it? You think images from space to CGI to create photorealistic CGI, the behavior of light, including refraction, has to be completely understood so we can write render software. That's actually not true. So when I challenge the characteristics of light, we know exactly how long it would take for the illumination rate to take place. We use a sensor, send it to a certain distance. It comes back. The sensor picks it up. What I'm challenging is that you're claiming that a physical particle travels from point A to point B. I challenge that because it makes no sense. It's not true. So, yes, the illumination rate is consistent. We've measured it. We can actually use it to measure and build a house, right? But it doesn't actually mean that there is a speed of light, which means it travels from point A to point B. In my opinion, light is nothing more than ether perturbation or derivation of state of the medium, which is, of course, you are scared of that because that means God had to put it here. And then you see it illuminated based on the energy input. What I'm saying is you don't understand the characteristics presupposing solidity and physicality. You'll never understand anything beyond that. It's a futile pursuit. And you can respond to that if you want. Well, that was kind of interesting. But uh, I didn't make any claims about light other than refraction. Yeah, yeah no doubt. That was just the super chat. I, I do want to say, after the super chat, I want to I want to say one nice thing, if that's cool, bro. Yeah, sure. So this is our last super chat we're going to read tonight from Wit Twit. Yeah, but can the main surveyor rap? <laughs> so I oh, think that's, perfect yeah. timing. There's my segue. So here's a little rap I have. I'm just going to say it like a rhyme, but it's pretty short. 
And all jokes aside, I've asked uh, aerospace engineers, PhD in astrophysics, et cetera, et cetera, to ever respond to this. They can't. I might mix it up, chop it up, wherever I'm just going to go off the top of the head. But prior to proclamation, we're tired of the calling names and hating, obfuscation, so respond to the postulations. Ever wonder what space is? They say it's vacant, pressure adjacent, but that's a second law of thermodynamics violations. Problem is you don't even understand what your claim is. Conceptual dilations, physical privations, or both space-time reifications. You take a concept, give it concreteness, you misplaced it. And then we took off paperclip operation. Nazi scientists put them in charge of space exploration, signed the Antarctic Treaty within a year of NASA's foundation, bring up the horizon, get a conflation of actual and apparent location. A spherical necessitation is the south and north continuation or circumnavigation, but Antarctic exploration is, is forbidden with the cooperation of every major nation. But you're afraid to say this. We give NASA 60 mil a day in payments, and that's for paintings and computers generated rating on animations falsification wow. is independent of the placement pretty good pretty good so uh howard before we shut her down here howard had a super chat he says it didn't get read but we apologize howard uh if we couldn't get to it uh we will i think james might read it the next time he comes on so uh, is there anything else you want to say before you guys want to uh, main if you, before we get off here or conclude? Well, with? I just I just want to thank you guys for hosting this uh, this debate and thank Austin for showing up. Hey, Austin, I know this got contentious, but I want you to know I don't hate you. I'm not angry at you. Um, we're no, just yeah, disagreeing on the shape of the earth. There you go, man. Nothing personal, man. Yep. Yeah, it was a spirited debate, good conversation, <laughs> and controversial, of course. So we're going to shut her down now, and we're going to say keep sifting the un – what is it he said? <laughs> the um, – I forget what he says. I'm just going to say the untruth from the truth, and good night. Good night. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.